This episode of Explicit Answers is brought to you in part by DrawYouPicture.com, where you can get just about anything drawn by me for pretty darn cheap. Also, by GoDaddy.com, where you can use the code PODNAME121 to save money on your next domain name, and GoToMeeting.com. The world needs answers. We can help. Explicit Answers. Hey, how you doing out there, folks? This is Explicit Answers, Episode 9, brought to you the week of 11-09-2010. I'm James. And I'm Jen. And we're here to answer your questions. Yes, we are. Uh, you doing okay, Jen? I'm doing all right. How about you? I'm doing well. I'm doing Good. very well. Uh, just in case you're a first-time visitor or a member, I'm a member. A <laughs> member of what? Of the, of the church. Of the planet. <laughs> Uh, I'm James. I'm a married guy, and uh, and I'm Jen, and I'm married to the married guy. Yeah, so we're uh, we're a team of of question answerers. So uh, I I wanted to start with a question that uh, is going to be pretty easy to answer, and then we'll do some news, and then we'll get into the main questions. Okay. Uh, the question is: What will happen if I leave my measuring cup on the stove where the oven exhaust comes out? <laughs> well. I would guess that unless it's a glass measuring cup, which yeah. probably could withstand, or Pyrex or something, yeah, withstand the heat, then it probably is going to melt, and your two cup will probably be kind of. How, how does that happen? How do how do you, I mean? How do you know that that could happen? Um, probably because it happened to me today. <laughs> Yeah, she comes in all sad and droopy. It was her, my favorite measuring cup. I only have two, and the other one doesn't even have a third of a cup on it's it. It's just two different worlds. You know how many favorite measuring cups I've ever had? <laughs> have you ever measured anything? I have. What have you measured? Gunpowder <laughs> no, you and haven't. blood. <laughs> you have never measured either of those things. Oh, right. But if you were going to measure, it would be those. It wouldn't be in would your be. drippy, dumb... <laughs> your dumb, dumb, dumb kitchen. <laughs> I hopefully wouldn't leave a measuring cup of gunpowder <laughs> of an exhaust. That would have had much different results, I think. So uh, the answer is officially that it will melt. Yes. Yeah. She has a drippy two cup. That's basically what we've decided. Yeah, the two cup, I don't think is very accurate because it kind of <laughs> goes down. So The line's not uh, level. If you guys find a recipe that calls for two drippy cups, <laughs> then, then I've we got can the help you out. Cup. Yeah. Otherwise, all my recipes are going to be off. <laughs> and that's okay. It's all right. Sorry. It, it might actually, you know, improve. Help, yeah. Things. I'm not exactly know. a good cook. So. No, you did good tonight. You made uh, fish with pineapple on it or something. It was like sweet chili fish or something like Ew. that. Ew. Don't say it like that. It sounds gross. Well, it wasn't like the chili that you No, but ate. it was, it had apricot. It was basically like sweet and sour kind of. But it was so good. It had a Thai flavor. type of flavor to it. Yeah, it was Thai chili sauce. Mmm. That was good stuff. So um, real quick, uh, I want to tell you guys one more week about the brand new show in the NLCast network because Explicit Answers is part of a network of podcasts, mostly done by me. <laughs> but you can check all of them out at NLCast.com or just look in the top bar on Explicit Answers or wherever you happen to be. Uh, but the newest show added to the network is called Podcast Starter at PodcastStarter.com. And if you're interested in getting started with your very own podcast, that's where you want to go. Check it out. We're only three episodes in at this point, so it's a great time to jump in. 
Of course, you can always check it out later and start with episode one. It's a half hour show. It's every week. And uh, check it out. It's going to be in iTunes here shortly. So, uh, But in the meantime, you can subscribe at podcaststarter.com. And of course, like everything in the NLCast network, it is free. Um, we just added a uh, network store. And you can get to there, uh, nlcast.com slash store. And you can see some T-shirts that we have uh, available for our fans and listeners. Uh, right now, i got to be honest, we don't have any explicit answer shirts. I mean, if, if people want to wear our logo on themselves, then yeah, let me know and I'll put one up. Right now, though, we've got other network shows represented. Uh, some old school, nobody's listening. Uh, the namesake of nlcast.com. Uh, we've got uh, some podcast kid T-shirts if you're a fan of the children's show that we do. Uh, and then also ones for Brokia, which is a great show that I do with John Steinklauber about geek stuff. So check that out. NLcast.com slash store. And speaking of business, mm-hmm. um, GoToMeeting is a great, great, great product and a great sponsor of your favorite podcast, Explicit Answers. See, colleagues now, they're in different offices working from home or they're they're traveling. It's impossible to get everyone you need in the same room for a meeting. And that's why I recommend GoToMeeting by Citrix. The whole team can attend a meeting online no matter where they are. You just need a computer with an internet connection. And who doesn't have that anymore? That's right. Whoever leads the meeting shows their desktop to everyone else in the meeting. And it's right there for everyone to see. People can collaborate on the documents in real time. And it's a lot more efficient and faster than a boring old conference call. Yeah. Although they do have free voice over IP. So okay. you can do that too. Uh, we use GoToMeeting and can't believe how easy it is to set up a meeting. Heck, we even use it to call each other for dinner. Do we? Uh, no. Okay. But, but <laughs> it is pretty cool anyway. It's not really good for that. But my listeners can try GoToMeeting free for 45 days. That's over a month of unlimited online meetings for free. But for the special offer, you've got to go to GoToMeeting.com, click the Try It Free button, and use the promo code PODCAST. Again, that's GoToMeeting.com, promo code PODCAST for this free 45-day trial. You can't beat that. Check it out. Help out your favorite podcast and help out your own company by using GoToMeeting. All right, let's jump into it. Okay. This is from Joy. My husband is about 80 pounds overweight. Mm-hmm. We have talked to him about losing weight for his health often, but he has a hard time staying motivated with healthy eating and exercise. I have heard it's important for a woman to try to remain attractive for her husband because men are turned on by sight. Health aside, how can I ask my husband to do the same thing for me? Joy. Mm. I think Jen should answer that question. I was thinking you should start with that one. Really? Yeah. Oh my gosh, you're so mean. Because we, I would say I'm not 80 pounds overweight. No. I'm not probably at all. 40. Probably. Probably a good Maybe chunky. Maybe even 30. Maybe even 10. <laughs> Maybe even I'm trim and slim. <laughs> Maybe you're perfect. Like I'm a little, ch- I'm not like drippy fat, you know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Um, but, but uh, yeah, I got a little round the middle, if you know what I mean. <laughs> So weird. And uh, Jen is one of those that takes it very seriously, her her health, and um, she exercises constantly. She's exercising now. Right now. She's on a treadmill, an no. old school, um, not Stairmaster, what do they call them? The, the things in the 80s that were really big, freaking, uh, that the looked gazelle? like sledding. No. <laughs> oh, I'm I don't not know. skiing, you know, the ski sizer yeah. deals that. 
don't remember what they were called. You could stab a hole in your wall because you literally had two giant wooden skis. (laughs) What the heck was that? Because who won? What fun is skiing? I had a girlfriend that if, had her mom had one of those in the house. But really, I mean, what fun is skiing if you're in a living room? You're know. not getting anywhere. You're well, not that's going like those downhill. Exercise bikes with the fans on yeah. them from the seventies, you know, and then the fifties had the little tummy rubber thingies, you know, the yeah. the the booty. And I'm sure don't shakers. work. None of it works, but um, especially if you don't use it. But um, Jen, so so Jen, you know, takes care of herself. She is slim and trim. Um, it was like a, a thing for her to take off all her baby weight and to even maintain, uh, a, you know, exactly how much weight she's supposed to gain, even when she was pregnant. Yeah. Um, I, I on the other her. hand, um, I don't exercise at all. No. And I'm far from nasty, but I could be thinner. So, um, I, I can't answer this question. That's why Jen is a butt for having me start. Well, it's kind of a weird question. I would say there's nothing you can do to make somebody lose weight. Ah, that's what you wanted to hear. No, I, I didn't want to hear that from you. No, I mean, I yeah, but but you're right. Well, I, I didn't really have an answer. That's why I kicked it to you. But <laughs> the more, I, you know, there's nothing you can do to, you know, yes, you can say, you can nag, you can say, mm-hmm. you know, please lose weight. I don't like you. Ew, no, um, you can't. I'm just saying you can do all that, but it's not particularly going to matter. Right. It's got to be it's his idea. It's not going to help anybody's situation. Hmm. And, you know, losing weight is a very hard thing, and you have to want to do it. Right. Like anything that's difficult, you have to really want to do it. it. It isn't like, you know, you just, just wake up and, okay, I'm going to skip one meal and I'm, you know, down 50 pounds. It takes a long time. It takes a lot of work. Yeah. It's a lot of discipline. I'm trying to think of what would motivate me because this is something, you know, and if your man's a good man and, and he knows this, uh, you know, that, that it's one of your desires. First of all, you got to clearly communicate it to him if you haven't. I'm assuming you have or you've nagged or you've hinted or something. Uh, but assuming he knows, like I know, I know that Jen is happy. She's fine with the way things are. She would rather me be thinner, not for looks. Because I am hot, okay? <laughs> but, because it, it, it's really going to be hard to improve on this, but she she seriously has voice concerns about health, and she wants me to outlive her and, and you know, be there for the kids when they're grown. Heart disease is a, you know, a factor in my family, heart attacks, mm-hmm. things like that. And though I'm, I do not eat a, a huge greasy, you know, grease-filled, filled, fried food-filled life, um, I, I probably overeat every time I get a chance. Um, and so I maintain a certain amount of, I, I'm not gaining. I haven't gained for years. No. And I think, I mean, I think your genetics are against you yeah, to an extent, but I mean, I don't think I you, should be able to go on disability for being fat. Um, I don't think so. Oh, but, um, uh, what was I going to say? I yeah, think, genetics I are you, against me. I had a I had a large mother. I had a huge dad. I don't think you overeat a ton, and I think if you have different different metabolism, you probably wouldn't. Well, even, and, and that's working out. So here's here yeah. back on topic though. It's not about us, I guess, but I'm trying to relate, and I'm trying to figure out how you can motivate him because what would motivate me? And I know one of them that's come the closest is the health issue. Um, you know, being there for my kids. I know I need to do it. I know I need to exercise. My doctor tells me, even though he's fatter than I am, 
um, which is <laughs> always a trip you. to me. He, he says, you know, you need to work out. You need to exercise three times a week. I'm like, you know, you need to, too, Mr. <laughs> Mr. Doctorate, Mr. Hanging on the Wall Doctorate. You know. That's funny. So anyway. Um, well, let me ask you, because there's been a couple of times you've done Weight Watchers through yeah, the years. Yeah, and I've, and I've made it and to goal. What what motivated you? The trick of it. The novelty. The novelty of it. Just to see if I could do it. And then I did it, and then I went back. But I, I starved, and yeah. I hated it. I ate this. I got in ruts. I, yeah. didn't, I didn't exercise. And I think for me, the, the thing would be to find me something that I enjoyed doing that actually made me, accidentally made me sweat and work out at the same time. Mm-hmm. That's, that's going to be the trick for me. Yeah. Is I've got to be a football player. A professional football player. <laughs> yeah, that would work. Because the third thing that I didn't mention is it's got to be fun. It's got to accidentally make me work out, and it has to pay millions. Really? Millions? Yes, millions. That's mm-hmm. worth it. But, I think you should try to go pro. But, you know, future. I don't know. I don't know what, what would do it. But uh, it's a hard one. It's a hard one. You married, yeah. you know, a large dude, and, you know, he's still large. And so when you marry a large guy, you know, he it ex- you're accepting his largeness. Well, and the other thing I I would say is um, it's not going to do you any good to focus on the negatives about somebody. Right. And um, it's it's not going to help your relationship. It's not going to improve your marriage. It's not really going to do any good. But the positives, on the other hand, promise him 365 days of sex if he gets to a certain weight level and see what happens. Do we have a deal? (laughs) No. Dang it. That's like torture. A lot of days. Yeah. That's well, like every if it's day. not worth it to you, <laughs> then you're not going to do it. I would, I would lose weight. I'd be like starving. I'd, really? I'd be like freaking Africa. You'd be like Africa, the yeah. whole country. Just the starving parts. Oh, okay. Uh, but um, yeah, I don't know if I'm answering your question here. It's hard. It's hard. For for it, uh, but I would just communicate the health issues, and um, I would partner with him. Don't send him to work out. Go work out with him, and uh, make it fun and make it enjoyable. Try to get him off the couch, uh, and and you know, good luck. It's gonna have to be his idea, though. Yeah, it does. Because you can't be there when he's sneaking donuts. That's right. All right, Joy. Sorry, my brother who uh, has uh, who who has one had a fever for the last three days or so because she's getting, um, oh, my daughter. What did I say? My daughter's who's one had a fever for the last three days because she's getting some teeth in. Uh, She obviously has been miserable, so we've been praying for her. When we pray, we invite Jason, our almost three-year-old son, to join in. He'll jump in usually and bow his head and pray, and Jesus, please help Olivia. Amen, and that'll be that. Yesterday, Grandma was watching the kids, and she asked Jason if she wanted to pray for a villa with her. She said, why? Jesus didn't do anything. That's what the three-year-old boy says. He's obviously noticed that we've been praying for three days and she still has a fever. We understand that sometimes stuff like this is a process, but we pray because we trust that God is working even if we can't see him. How do we explain to a three-year-old? Or do we just understand that he feels that way and let it go? I'm interested to hear your thoughts. Thanks, Mike P. Here's some explicit answers for you. Why are you praying for teething? Yeah, I was thinking about Seriously. that too. Seriously, you are setting yourself up. Because that could last a week. And it's and gonna, it's nothing... a part of life. The, yeah. God is not going, I'm sorry, he's not going to ease the pain of your kid. 
He's not going to stop teething from happening. He's not going to reverse the process. So in many ways, you're setting yourself up to fail in the black and white world of a three-year-old. Yeah. Okay. Um, I, you know, I, and, and I hate to hate on you, but you know, you asked us and you know, we answer questions this way, but I'm not the kind of guy that asks God what I should eat for lunch. Okay. That's the extreme person that does that. You know, uh, should I have Coke or Sprite? You know, some things I decide myself. And I also, um, I don't ask God to nourish my food. What does it say? Bless it to the nourishment of my body. You know, that kind of prayer, mm-hmm. because what I'm eating has nourishment in it or it doesn't. God's not going to come down and magically turn my cheeseburger into broccoli. I wish you would. I'd be praying it all the time. (laughs) Then you wouldn't have diet problems. But I wouldn't either. You know, if if my child's deathly ill or has some sort of weird, complicated thing, dude, I'm praying. I'm praying all the time. Uh, If my if my grandma has cancer, I'm going to pray, even if I think she's going to die anyway. Um, I'm going to have as much faith as possible in my God who is capable and able of healing. But for, for normal stuff like that, we're setting our kids up for disbelief. I teach my kids to pray. I am a huge, every single night we pray and we thank God for the things that happen in our day. And we ask God to help us with the things that are challenging. And we pray ahead for, for a good day and a good night's sleep and things like that. And then we move on because at that level, at where they're at, my child is five years old, almost six. That's where we go with it. Um, and if if my son, you know, was in an accident and I needed prayer to guide the hands of a surgeon or that, that you know, the, there wouldn't be complications in a surgery or a procedure, I'm all about that. But for naturally occurring things, like that, that'd be like praying, God, please don't ever let my kids trip on their shoelaces. Things like that are going to happen. Please, God, don't let it rain today. That's kind of a waste of a prayer because there's just that many farmers praying for rain. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Uh, praying that your team will win um, is kind of ridiculous. Praying for your team to play their best and for everybody to get together and be unified is almost as ridiculous because either you've brought it to the game or you haven't. Right. Praying for you to do good on a test is almost ridiculous because you've you 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 need to have put the information in your head. Now, praying that it will come to you and that you'll deal with the stress well and that God will help you remember what you've put in your brain, I'm all for that. You see what I'm saying? There's mm-hmm. a difference there. What would you say? Um, it, it's not what the question was, but say that that the kid was sick with okay. like, right. um, say they, they were running. And they didn't get better. And they didn't get better. And the same question. I mean, that's okay. something with, with what, you know, adults struggle with that yeah. all the time. Well, here, here's my thing on that. I, you know, we've all prayed. And if, if you're not, this is where I get gut level honest. I've been in prayer services for people with cancer and said, you know what? They're going to die. They're going to die. They have, they're eat up with cancer. It happens again and again and again. And I still pray with a hundred percent faith that God can heal. And somebody listening to the show is going, what, how is that possible? Here's how, because if you look at the story of the Hebrew boys, they're faced, Nebuchadnezzar says, you bow to the idol, or I'm going to throw you in the fiery furnace. And they say something like this. They said, you know what? Our God is able to save us. But even if he chooses not to, we still will not bow. Now, by many people's standards, that would be considered a lack of faith. Their confession would be off. 
What do you mean if if he doesn't? That's a lack of faith. No, it's it's practicality. Right. It's having your head in the clouds and your feet on the ground. God doesn't always answer your prayers the way you want him to. And for you to assume that he will is ridiculous and it absolutely uh, belittles who God is. It's like the chick says in Narnia, or the, maybe it's some tumness with his shirt off, which was gross. He <laughs> says, he says about the lion. He says he's he's uh, he's good, but he's not tame. Mm-hmm. God is good, but he's not your your whipping boy. He's not going to yeah. do what you want him to he's do. He's not our magic genie to just grant us a wish yeah. if we ask for it. Exactly. Yeah. I teach my kids. God always answers prayer, but He answers it in one of three ways: yes, no, or wait. Yes, no, or wait. Sometimes God says no. Okay, and this is where faith really comes in because sometimes we only believe and we believe faith is some sort of energy that motivates God. It's not. It's not a thing in and of itself. Faith is believing that what God said he would do in his word, he will do. And God said, God, when God is able to heal, we know this, we believe this. I, I think it's easier to believe that he will heal than it is to believe that he created you. If he created you and we believe that without thinking about it, why can't we believe God will heal us? Mm-hmm. You know, if he created us, he can fix us is my kind of my logic there. So, but, but in, okay, I say all that to say my, my faith is based not on what God does for me specifically, but what he says he will do. And I either believe that that is true or not, because faith is a substance of things hoped for, evidence, proof of things that you haven't seen yet. So I believe God can heal. Now, as for me and my house, I've seen God heal. I've seen him do some cool stuff. Some of it is so ridiculous that if he told you what it was, you would laugh. Um, And then some of it's pretty hardcore. I've also seen him choose not to heal. Mm -hmm. And he's taken people home. The problem with basing your faith on whether God will or not is that when he chooses not to, you think, oh my gosh, did I not have enough faith? Did I not pray right? Was my doubt in there? See, my doubt doesn't, doesn't, um, what, what, what did the guy, I can't remember who the character was in the Bible, but he said, he says, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. Uh, you know, there's, there's somebody, Jesus says, I'll heal you if you believe, I believe, but help my unbelief. And, and it's completely possible to believe that God can, but have an honest understanding in your head that maybe he won't. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that being said, try to translate that to a thir- three-year-old. That's and, what I was going to ask. Yeah. yeah. How do you explain How that How do you to explain that to a three-year-old? And first of all, obviously you don't set them up for failure, but let's assume the kid was dying of some horrible, horrible disease and we're praying for him. It's all about how you pray. Because I believe you ask for the world. God, we believe for a complete healing. We want this stuff gone. We know that you're able and you're capable. But but just like Jesus said in the Garden of Gethsemane, nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. So you do not limit God. And so in that three-year-old's mind, if you pray one way and say, God, heal him. We believe you will. We claim it right now. It's done. It's done. Amen. Three-year-old's going to say, oh, he's done. He's healed. Awesome. God did it. I'm concrete thinker. That's I believe what I heard my mommy say. Well, why is he still in the hospital three days later? Why is he still sick? God must not have done it, or mom's crazy, or God's not real. That's the mm-hmm. only options I have now. But when I sit there and I say, God, I pray that you do this, but you know what? 
I, I, this is what I've asked because you've told me, you told me to cast my cares on you. You told me that, 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 uh, if I touch and agree on anything, blah, 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 but I still want to leave you room to do it your way. Whether you use the doctors, whether you do it instantly, whether you say no, or whether you make us wait it out. How would you, you know, in that situation, say, you know, somebody's really sick that's close to the kid and they do die. And how do you, how does it, how do you keep the kid from walking away thinking that God, God said no, so God's mean, God yeah. doesn't love me? <sighs> and maybe the whole praying for well, people and, and, to get better and, is beyond a three-year-old. I, I would say that at three, um, yeah, I mean, absolutely. I would here because my overarching thing with three-year-olds and in, in anything is if it's beyond their capacity to understand, it's not for them to know yet. And I don't know that a three-year-old has the capacity to understand God as a concept. Here's why. My daughter um, was talking about somebody, telling somebody that I had God in the basement in a box. That's God. And I'm like, what is she talking about? (laughs) Somebody had given me a Barbie-sized Jesus figure, Mm -hmm. and she was like, that's God. She was probably three or four when she said that. Yeah, Yeah. that's God. In a box, in my basement. Great. That's a great thing to teach kids. There you go. <laughs> but another time she came up to me and she says, Daddy, I don't love Jesus. And I could have freaked out, but I said, why not? She goes, well, you said Jesus is my friend. Yeah, he is. Well, why doesn't he ever come over and play with me? Friends, you know, in a mm-hmm. three-year-old world, if a friend comes over to your house, they play with your toys. There's somebody you can touch, taste, see, and hear, you know. So does a three-year-old have the capacity to understand God? I'm 37. I hardly understand. I don't understand yeah. anything. Um, so does a three-year-old? I don't, I don't know. So after all that that I just <laughs> blabbed on about, I, would, I wouldn't sweat it. Yeah. Especially not over this. But how do you walk away and tell, tell them that God's not mean? You know, a three-year-old doesn't have the capacity to understand that that's why in my I opinion guess, I wouldn't bring God into it in the first place it's it's life well it's yeah and life. and some of that is you know you always need to be careful not to bring your adult stuff to kids right. when it's beyond what they can handle and they don't know i mean this stuff just happens as far yeah. as they know and um yeah yeah i'd sit that 3 year old down in that situation and i would just say you know um billy billy's sick and billy has um something that that he he might not be able to leave the hospital. He might not be able to come home. He might have to go away from us, and it will be sad. I mean, try to explain death to, to anybody yeah. that's under the age of 10. They don't understand. So, uh, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I, I would just be careful and, and try to be, you know, just the Bible says we're supposed to be harmless as doves, and we're good at that, but wise as a serpent is the part we're mm-hmm. not always good about. Yeah, don't be afraid to be practical, especially with your kids, because they pick up on— and they're practical. That's, yeah, they're very, very practical and very concrete. Yeah, when my daughter said, God, I don't love Jesus because he's not my friend because he hasn't come over, that's when I realized she has no idea about the abstract. She, It's just concrete. Yeah. If I can see it, touch it, feel it, it's real. And uh, there's a lot of adults that way too, for that matter. But uh, anyway, if your three-year-old's smarter, I was thinking about this earlier, if, if they're pretty bright um, – what I what I would do is is uh, question them, ask them lots of questions, let them open their mind and communicate about what they're thinking. Why do you feel that way? You know, well, you know, she's still sick and this, that, and the other. Oh, so it looks to you like God's not here. 
Well, yeah, yeah, because I can't see them and this, that, and the other. I have a little uh, thing that I do where I stand behind my daughter, okay? And I ask her to close her eyes. Can you smell me? No. Can you see me? No. And I'm going to be quiet. If I was quiet, could you hear me? No. But do you still know I'm here? Yes. How do you know? Because you're there. She can't tell you how she knows. If, if I was completely quiet, just because this person can't see me, does it mean I'm not there? And she's going to say, no, no, it, you are there. And you have to kind of just say, well, that's kind of how God is. Can't see him, but he's there. Can you see that mommy loves you? You you can't, but you can when, when I make you food and when I pour your cereal and when I hug you and all that. And God shows us he loves us in those same ways through the through the hug of a mom and and through a good sermon and a great song and you know pick you know creating your your favorite colors and picking out the color of your eyes and all the things that God does that we never really see or even think about everything that's easy everything that's simple everything in your life that you're good at God made for you you know that's I don't know if you that's way above a three year old comprehension but if you've got a three year old a five year old trapped in a three year old's body go for it. Mm-hmm. All right, Mike P., that was probably more than you wanted, but that's what you sign up for. You know what I say, if you hate it, ignore it. <laughs> you just fast don't, don't forward. Don't get mad at me and email me. <laughs> just just fast forward through it. Mm. Uh, let's do one more. Uh, let's see. One, two, three. We, we, we could probably knock these out. Uh, actually, we're almost out of time. Hey, James and Jen, it's Halloween time again. And with it comes a slew of young Christian couples in my church asking if they need to ban the holiday from their kids because it's satanic. Oh, oh, because of its satanic nature, quote unquote, I've greatly appreciated your position on the holiday and would love it if you would revisit that speak some wisdom to the peoples. My concern with Halloween is more than it. My concern with Halloween is that it can promote greed, gluttony and materialism. And I've been trying to think of ways that my future kids could uh, give as well as receive on Halloween, as well as Easter and Christmas. Your thoughts, Mel. Well, it's after Halloween, so sorry we missed it, but it's never too late to talk about next year. Right. Um, you know my thoughts on Halloween. Greed. I guess greed for candy? What? She said greed, yeah, gluttony, yeah. and something. Yeah. But see, you know, you can't, you you could say that about anything and everything. Yeah, like Christmas my, is probably more more of a... Well, my daughter is very motivated to do well in kindergarten because she gets a series of prizes and treats. Mm-hmm. So is she greedy? She's just human. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know that that's greed as much as that is just normal. I want candy. Yeah. I love candy. So I want some, and this is an yeah, awesome the holiday. The more the better. Yeah. So I, I think what we're guilty of there is applying our adult understanding to something very, very basic mm-hmm. because Halloween is not something that we continue with all the way up through, you know, into no. adulthood. Not not the traditional going door to door. If it was greed, every year we would try to get more and more. Yeah. And by the time we were 25, we would be breaking into people's houses and stealing candy. <laughs> stealing candy. You know, greed leads to that kind of stuff, you know. Well, and, you know, my two cents is when they hit about middle school, I'm not letting my kids no. trick or treat because they are greedy. They are walking yeah. around with this giant pillowcase. They got their mom's mascara stuck under their arm, their eyes, and the, yeah, the pillowcase. Um, yeah, and they're wearing costumes that I would not, you know, I don't it's, really love. And yeah, yeah, whatever. I'm not for that. But anybody under in elementary school and below, yeah, they're not greedy. See, my they're kids, just excited, and yeah. they don't get to eat. The, like we don't let our kids eat it all. At, 
you know, right. we have big control over that. Kind and they of have stuff. to eat their vegetables before they can have like two pieces of candy. And then when it's then when like by they, the time if if it promotes gluttony, it's in the parents. It that, is because we steal their candy. <laughs> it does. I mean, I've eaten way too much. But, but. just to, to peg uh, greed, gluttony, and materialism on one holiday is unfair because man, yeah, Christmas I think is the most guilty of that. Every holiday has gotten and Thanksgiving that way. Gluttony. Oh gosh, yes, and that's condoned by the Christian faith. You know, yeah. let's go together and let's overeat together as a family. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I don't know. But feasting, you know, is not exactly a new thing. It's not, you know, no. unique to America. So to hate on it even in the context of Thanksgiving may not even be fair because it's not something you do every day. It's something you do once a year or and you're supposed together. to. Yeah. And it's a family thing. Well, and, it's and your one, sh- one feast is not going to make you fat. Right. But So... You know, uh, so I, I know we're addressing more your concerns than the big thing. I my my take on it is Halloween's what you make of it, and I I've taken it even calling it ha- candy ween to help my brothers and sisters to to understand how I think of it because to me it's about costumes and candy, and there's nothing wrong with dressing like an astronaut and going door to door or to a festival or to a trunk or treat. Or dang to the local publics. That's what they had going on this mm-hmm. year. And the mall or whatever. And getting some dang candy. It's awesome. It's the best holiday. Yeah. in the. And you will never see kids cuter in your life than on Halloween. We don't dress up for Easter. I mean, they're cute, but they're dressed up and looking all itchy. And, you know, they oh. love the dressing up almost as much as they love the candy. I mean, it's just fun. It's what ki- kids so dress up for fun. My, so being able to dress up and show off is a huge deal. My suggestion is if you hate Halloween, provide at least do me a favor. Provide a valid Alternative, because what you will do is you will create an unhealthy attraction toward what you consider to be evil in your child. And I'm speaking from a child that was banned from Halloween. And don't let the alternative be dress up in Bible costumes and like yeah, and go eat f- some chips or something. Yeah, I don't and, know. and get a, a hallelujah party. That's get a like sermon about how subpar. evil Halloween is. Yeah. That's what what's what we did. Make sure that there is a costume, a normal costume involved, and normal candy involved. Yeah, princesses, fairies, a stinking frog, uh, Iron do, Man. If you Spider-Man. don't like trick or treating, fine, but it would take them to a, de- a decent place. Yeah, you know? Publix ha- had it like. You know, ever just yep. about any organiz, you know, any uh, business out there yep. has a bunch of. And I'm I'm cool with you not being about the scary stuff. You know, I I personally I I like a little bit of you know I, in the same way that I like a good suspense movie. You know, mm-hmm. I like a little bit of spookiness. I got to be honest. I don't I don't get off on demons and devils and stuff, but gargoyles and spider webs and and the cool decorations and stuff. Just the same way you like Indiana Jones looking all spooky. I kind of dig that part of it um just the same way christians go through in in their hell houses and stuff like that you know uh it's funny how we're cool with it there but you know anyway cool if it's really hell like there was a, <laughs> there was a guy across the street that had a haunted quote-unquote maze and it was a bunch of animatronic figures and stuff my daughter and me ate it up because we're walking through it going "Ooh, how does this work and let's watch this and let's see that and it's got a bat that's motion activated and it swings back and forth when you clap your hands and this that and the other so you know i don't know I think it's what you make of it. If you hate it, I think it falls in the category of what Paul said about meat offered to idols. If you can do it in good faith, do it. If you can't, stay the heck away. So that's all the time we've got for today. I do have one little bit of feedback. It's from our buddy. Um, and we do have some, so if we didn't get to yours, uh, just hit listen for us next week. We have a reply from Drew. You remember Drew? I think it was last week or the week before. He had a special needs friend that was getting picked on. He mm-hmm. says, all right, so I recently sent you guys... 
uh, an update about, or a question about what to do with my friends who would pick on Nick. I told them what you told me to say, and they laughed at me. And one said, okay, have fun. And then they called me words I can't repeat. Sure enough, though, they came over to Nick's house because we were playing over there this morning, two days later, and they asked us to come play football with them. And we did. And the whole time, none of them made fun of him. In fact, he told me after the game that one of them actually apologized. Thanks for the great advice, Drew. Wow. So there you go. I'm impressed. Ta-da. So, all right, that's us. It's time for us to go and autopsy to aliens. <laughs> Why do I say that every week? Because it makes Jen happy. Oh, dang it. Why did it not loop? <laughs> you say that every week, too. <laughs> but I, I said it last week to loop. <laughs> Listen, it'll loop now. So there we go. Anyway, you can ask your own questions at explicitanswers.com or email us explicitanswers at gmail.com. Like us on Facebook. Leave us a review on iTunes, especially if you're subscribed to there. You can call us if you want to, 209-5-NL-CAST. And uh, we'll see you guys next week right here on Explicit Answers. That fade out sucked. <laughs>